We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What a gross slate yesterday. I mean, just so goddamn gross. I mean, I couldn't find any plays at the top end I liked, man. So gross. It ended up being pretty gross. It did end up being pretty gross. But my lineups were correlated, guys. They were correlated. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. EM says, I hope I never see that mask again. Yes, apologies to the chalk donkey on the thumbnail. He is very uh, nightmare fuel-ish. Uh, Welp, at least Uncle Sam will take less from me now. Yeah, I mean, every loss is just a basically a tax write-off. I mean, if anything, we should be trying to lose before the fiscal calendar wraps up. This week, I learned bad bankroll management. It's a tax write-off, dude. It's actually good bankroll management. That's what people tell me. Chris says he 2x yesterday in winning my SL by 64.8 sex. I don't know what SL is, but congratulations. Welcome. Good morning. How we doing, Troy? Had to roll back my volume yesterday. True gross. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a really gross slate, you got to scale back your volume. Buenos dias, Eric. Buenos dias. Buenos tardes. Buenos noches. This slate made me throw up in my mouth. Ask me if I scaled back. Go ahead, ask it. Fine, I'll ask you, PJ. Did you scale back your volume? Season long. SL stands for season long. Man, I consider myself a fantasy hipster, and I've never heard the acronym SL used for season long. I need to get to it, man. But this is a DFS show, not an SL show, guys. Rich screwed up in the Bankroll Challenge League and somehow managed eighth place. We will review 
the bankroll challenge lineups. Um, also, I got to give a few shout outs. We had eight people that myself and Alex free rolled in the spy. And because I didn't win yesterday, I, I want to shout out these dudes. Bert the Big Hurt had a classic P2X min cash here, had a nice Deshaun Watson team. Brought it back with Gio Bernard, had Brandon Cooks and T. Higgins, the double bring back. And then Adam over here turned his $100 into $400. That's a 4X for us mathematicians out there. Bolt 19 had a similar stack as me, but he had the better version of the stack. He had Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews, but he brought it back with Sherling Shepard and not Darius Slayton like a donkey. You know who brings there? Lamar stacks back with Darius Slayton, this guy, this guy. You know, if I can't play Denzel Mims, if I can't play Denzel Mims, I must play another Prayer Yards guy, Darius Slayton. I always got to get one of them in my lineups. Um, so yes, we are going to break things down today. Hopefully you guys had a decent week 16, despite it being such a gross slate. Let's see here. Good morning, Roland. Good morning. Shepard at 1% ownership. I want what that guy's on. I honestly, I we talked about it um, with our tilt space lineups. I think there were two good bringbacks if you were running Lamar Jackson or uh, to Mark Andrews, and I thought it was Darius Slayton or Sterling Shepard. I thought both of them were perfectly fine. I ended up just going with the cheaper guy, Slayton at 3,800. But Shepard's been seeing a ton of targets, was going to be unowned. And if, you, if you're getting a ceiling outcome from Lamar Jackson... And Mark Andrews, you're going to need someone on the Giants scoring, pushing the pace. Those are really the only two guys I thought were were viable. I think you could have made the case for Evan Ingram, but you're not running a double tight end with Mark Andrews and Evan Ingram. So to me, it was Slayton or Shepard. Yeah, it's funny because I had seen uh, a couple people that had this stack. It's funny. You look at the ownership here, only 5.3% Lamar, 5.3% Mark Andrews. But I think the... The bankroll challenge hive mind. We are we're coalescing here at week sixteen because a bunch of you sent me your lineups, and everyone had the Mark Andrews Lamar Jackson. I don't even remember talking about it that much. It was a play that I got on Sunday morning, early in the week. I thought Deshaun Watson was going to be the play again, and then the ownerships kind of swapped on Sunday. Deshaun's was going up and up, and Lamar Jackson's kept going down. So Lamar Jackson seemed like um, the best tournament play quarterback to me. And then Mark Andrews with everyone going either up to Kelsey or down to Parham. I thought, I thought Mark Andrews was a a really nice tight end play there. And man, if you're going to allow me to tilt for a second, Mark Andrews dropping two touchdown passes yesterday. I, I mean, just absolutely brutal stuff there. Um, yeah, really, really gross. Mark Andrews could have had a monster day. I think he had 11 targets. He's kind of the Deontay Johnson of tight ends, man. Like, I think he's good. I think he's good at football, but man, the drops can be painful sometimes. Need a bankroll challenge double up next week. It, hey, that that's not, you. you might be joking, but I'm becoming a cash grain grinder this week. I am becoming a cash game grinder for week 17. I'm going to have more details about it either later today or tomorrow. I will be playing head-to-heads. I will be playing double-ups. I will be going on the Gill cast in week 17. I will be doing a show with Derek Carty. I will be scooping 
Adam Levitan's head-to-heads, and I believe doing a show with him as well if we can find time. I'm becoming a cash game grinder. The bankroll challenge for week 17 will be a 200-field double-up. Book it. You had Mark East with Ingram. That one was nice too. Yeah, in our tilt space lineup, we just did uh, the full double stack, Lamar Jackson with Brown and Andrews. And this one, I ended up just doing the skinny stack. Um, So the rest of this lineup here, um, I didn't end up doing any late swaps on this one just because a lot of the plays I had, I thought were going to be contrarian early. I mean, the good in this lineup was Jonathan Taylor at 1.7%. And I wanted to correlate it with Deontay Johnson. I actually didn't. I actually didn't think Deontay Johnson was going to be this popular. I thought he was going to be sub ten percent. Um, but man, Jonathan Taylor, his role has just been absolutely insane. Uh, so I felt pretty good about getting him at this price in this ownership. And things were setting up good early for that one, right? Because JT gets the touchdowns early, and then you get Deontay Johnson kind of coming back in garbage time pass script mode. So that worked out. Um, I loved Tim Patrick this week. Uh, he was a guy looking at the blitz projections that was projecting really well. He was ending up in a ton of optimals. He seems to have a better rapport with Drew Locke than Judy. Uh, I knew he would be low owned and I wanted pieces of this game. You'll see in my second spy lineup, I ran a Herbert double stack. Um, so I did Patrick and Mike Williams here. I knew Mike Williams was going to get a little more popular. Um, once you had Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen both ruled out, but I thought he was still a really good play. Another dude that just missed a touchdown as well. And then what else did we do here? Antonio Gibson as a one-off play. Um, you know, I thought Antonio Gibson and Miles Sanders were both two good, uh, tournament GPP plays late in the late slate and, uh, Antonio Gibson popping in the injury return model. People just don't like playing these dudes coming off of injury. Obviously, the the rub with Antonio Gibson is he's a little bit game script dependent. And when Dwayne Haskin is your quarterback, you're probably going to end up in a negative game script. And then the last piece of this, and I actually started my lineup with this piece. Well, I guess you could say I knew I was going to do Lamar Jackson, but I wanted to put Chiefs defense in. And I thought that was one of my classic crowbar leverage plays of like, I'm fading the most popular game on the main slate, the highest total game. How are ways I can benefit um, if that game doesn't go well for everyone who's playing it? So I thought the Chiefs D was in a really good spot there. Uh, I actually feel like this is a pretty bottom you know, percentile outcome for them points-wise, just based on how they were playing. It seemed like they were sacking Matt Ryan every other possession, um, but just gave up enough points there. Uh, to drop us down to seven points and uh, didn't get any touchdowns as well. But that's the lineup. Let me check in with the chat. Yes, you can scoop my head-to-heads. You can send me uh, – I haven't uh, po- started posting, although someone sent me an invite already. Send it, revert Z top. Send me your head-to-head invites this week. Um, I will post or I will accept head-to-heads. Um, yes, feel free to send. Um don't dupe me, bro, is now don't scoop me, bro. No, no, no. You're allowed to scoop me. Please scoop me, bro. This week, it's please scoop me, bro. We went from don't dupe me, bro, to please scoop me, bro. Yes. Please scoop me, bro. Please scoop me. Um, dun, 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 dun. I played Gibson instead of DJ. Yeah. I didn't get on. 
I didn't get on DJ. Um, I saw his ownership in the 15 to 20% range. Let's see. Let's see what I had it. I don't even know if I had him in my, did I even have him? I didn't even have him written down. Jeez. So yeah, I mean, I wasn't even close to being on him. Let's see. Let's see what he was heading in. Um, 6,100. Yeah. At 14% ownership. Look like, so these are the things I look at here. I mean, I know Jonathan Taylor is more, but like I'm looking at the ceiling projection there um, relative to the ownership. And I just was never going to get on a, an expensive David Johnson uh, that was also 14% owned. He was just not going to be a guy that stood out for me. I don't know. Maybe it's a mistake. Clearly it was a mistake. Uh, I mean, from a process standpoint, but yeah, Gibson, I thought had similar ceiling at half the ownership. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, Yeah, that, that was the tough thing because Houston has been a team I've been targeting a lot this year. Uh, People, I think they don't want to play Deshaun Watson a lot of weeks. Uh, for some reason, um, you know, I think there was the narrative of him losing these weapons and the stacking wasn't as obvious with the secondary pieces. And, but yeah, he has just been a guy that gets there every week. Cincinnati, nothing to write home about defensively. I just got spooked by the ownership. Cooks was getting ownership. Watson was getting ownership. T Higgins was the chalky bring back. I did actually run one Deshaun Watson double stack in the red zone, $50 single entry. And my way of trying to get off the chalk was I did Watson to Cooks with my no-lipper pal Chad Hansen, who bageled. And then because I'm a galaxy brainer and I can't bring it back with the chalk bring back, instead of T. Higgins, I brought it back with A.J. Green. So that is how you play a Deshaun Watson double stack and fail. That's how you do it. Um, dun, 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 dun. Placed 192 in the bankroll challenge when playing contrarian game stacks in small fields. How chalky should we be around it? I think it's uh, I think it's perfectly fine to be chalky around contrarian game stacks. I wonder if I could pull it up here. Uh, I was looking, I believe Chipotle Attic won the power sweep. And he had uh, a Dalton double stack, or it might have even been triple. But then he just played the chalk running backs. I believe he had David Montgomery, um, Melvin Gordon, and maybe Eckler it was. But yeah, all chalk around a contrarian game stack. So I think once you're going super off the board there with your your contrarian game stack, I think you can jam in chalk around it for sure. Um, the Cigarose hat. Oh, I hadn't got – I thought it was more like a Steve Zissou, you know, uh, Life Aquatic um, kind of vibe. But I'll, I'll take the Cigarose hat. I will be doing the rest of the show in Hope Landic, the language that Cigarose sings all their songs in. Um, AJ Green, I know. I can't believe I played an old. But I did it in my $50 red zone, so I wouldn't have to talk about it on this show, and yet I still am talking about it on this show. <laughs> what am I doing? Um, let's move on here. I don't, I don't know if there's much else to talk about with this lineup. This is, uh, you get, you're happy with the ownership. Um, it just doesn't get there. It just doesn't get there. You know, you need the giants pushing Darius Slayton. I believe he did have over a hundred air yards. He had one bomb down the side. All right. We're done talking about this lineup. 
Let's go to this second lineup or second contest. This is in the smaller spy. So this one only had, uh, let's see, 1,700 people in it, 1,700, 1,666. Um, and I actually did a late swap here. So initially in this lineup, I had a game stack because I, I really liked the Chargers-Denver game. And I wasn't going to run the full game stack in the bigger spy. I mean, this one with 5,555 people, it's just tougher for a game, uh, I think, to take down a tournament this big. But in this size, I thought it was viable. And so my original lineup here, I have it in my CSV. It was Justin Herbert. Um, It did have Montgomery and Taylor, but then it had Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler. So Herbert with two Chargers and then two Broncos. Um, Even though I had solid performances from uh, Taylor in Montgomery, I knew I was buried uh, with this Texans D at at minus four. And so if the Texans D would have gone off, I think I would have probably let it ride. But I thought that I needed more ceiling from the rest of the lineup. So the pivots I ended up making was going to a more classic double stack without Eckler, knowing he was going to be the most popular charger. So I got onto Parham and then I just got rid of the Denver side and just tried to go uh, individual ceiling at all these other spots. So Robert Woods in that game, Miles Sanders in that game and in no Denver bring back. So that was just one of those things where I didn't feel strong enough about this lineup being able to get there with so many guys from the same team made some pivots. And, uh, you know, I think you could say maybe the pivot to Parham was bad just because I, I should have known he was going to be popular. Maybe I keep Fant there and do something else with these. I was honestly messing with the late swap combos on this one for longer than I normally do. Probably like 30 minutes of tinkering and just trying to get something that I thought made sense and gave myself a chance to overcome this negative four from the from the Texans. I mean, are you kidding me? Negative four? What kind of pile of shit is that? Um, let's see here. Uh, I got ninth in the 10K slant with both Hunt and Chubb. Wow. Wow. Nice job. That is awesome. Uh, very nice. Let's see. The JT play was super sharp after Gio ran so hard on the Steelers. Thanks, man. Yeah, I feel good about that play. We've seen so many of these rookies where their roles have just fully changed now than they were earlier in the season. I don't believe Jordan Wilkins played a snap yesterday which was the same as is last week. And with a guy like Jonathan Taylor, uh, who's going to get the goal line work, and now he we're down to a two-man backfield, right? It was when it was a three-man backfield that it was an absolute disaster from a DFS perspective, but felt pretty good about him and how much work he was getting. I think the issue here is he didn't catch any passes. Um, it was kind of a gross game as well. Uh, so he didn't get that monstrous ceiling. Uh, to help us win a tournament, but I do feel pretty good about the play at that ownership. It is on me for playing one of the worst defenses. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? That was another one of my plays of, I'm not playing that stack, and I thought it would be popular, and I thought Deshaun Watson had a very good chance at succeeding. So if he doesn't succeed, and a lot of people have him, how do I take advantage of that? 
Maybe the DST tees off on Brandon Allen. I feel like that's fairly logical. I don't have my hand in the dirt on these defenses. I mean, doesn't a Watt, isn't there a Watt on the Texans defense? Isn't he supposed to be good? (laughs) Yeah, man, we had, we had a Cole Komet team um, on one of our tilt space teams and Jimmy Graham, man, I didn't play the right olds. I played AJ Green, but I didn't play Jimmy Graham. I didn't play Deshaun Jackson, one target, take it to the house. Yeah, all right, all right. I'm now starting to take a beating for my Texans defensive play. Um, Like I said, it was the same concept as my Chiefs defensive play. If I'm not playing those skill position players that I like and a lot of the field has them, um, can I try to leverage it somehow? Thank you, Eric Belair, my fellow Houston D partner in crime. We got Alex. Alex, if you guys uh, didn't see the show on Friday, or was it Saturday? Saturday. Alex hopped on with me and Sammy Reed. It was great to hear about his thought process. And Alex, of course, the Santa Claus who helped give out four free roll entries, helped lead guys like Bert to a 2X, Adam to a 4X. So thanks again. Shout out to Alex, man, for making that giveaway. Uh, so much fun. I mean, going from four spy entries to eight was super awesome. So, uh, another, another big thank you to Alex for that. Um, all right, let's see what the chat, you guys are all now starting to get your tilt going in the chat. You know, it takes a little bit for us to rev up. We got to get the engine warming. And now you guys, now you guys are tilting here. Um, seems like the jets D everywhere was the play. Yeah. I saw a lot of that in the high stakes, smaller field stuff. People punting it off with the Jets D. I think it was sharp. I didn't get on it. I think it was sharp. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the bankroll challenge here in a second. <laughs> Graham was indeed popping in the Aegis model. Man, it just, Cole Komet, I think he, I, I had the stats from Gretsch uh, last week. He played a season high snap share. He ran a season high, you know, routes on Mitch Trubisky dropbacks. And then Jimmy Graham, man, is just the the red zone monster. Sometimes the numbers in the Aegis model can't account for that. Um, let's see here. The early week drunk Watson stack would have been a good start. Yeah, I said I had a tweet yesterday that's basically all my best lineups we're in the Millie maker that I built on shows like our swole cast lineup, the lineup we built on the splash play drunk live hang. Those are the, uh, those were the nuts, man. I think I, I think I made six Millie maker lineups and like three of them were from shows and two of those cashed in the Millie maker. I did have to tweak some of them. There were Keenan Allen's in there. There were Brown wide receivers. What's up, Mike? My buddy Mike. Yeah, the Chanel uh here was correlation. And but I did like him uh on my own. Uh I think he was uh, a pretty good value play there at 3700. I mean, his target share had been good. And then just kind of the added bonus of if I'm playing Montgomery uh and eating some of that chalk, let's correlate him because again. I think if Montgomery's crushing and getting another 32 carries like he did last week, you got to imagine the Jags are throwing. So I thought Chenault 
as a non-popular bring back was a was a nice play, and so that that worked out at at thirty seven hundred and five point three percent ownership. Um, let's see, prime time. I won a hundred dollars, but could have done better. I had Jetsy in every lineup. The Browns news was huge on Saturday. Yeah, that's a good point. I um I was reacting to the Browns news for the skill position players, but I didn't necessarily factor it in as that impacted the Jets D. I think that was very sharp. Um, I didn't even see this play. They did a jet sweep to commit. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I didn't see that. I probably would have been, was that, was that like before one of the Graham touchdowns? Oh boy. Have you narrowed down your process in the beginning of the year? You mentioned being all over the place Sunday morning. Has meditation helped you focus? Um, so about narrowing down process, I do feel a lot more dialed in on my process on the whole. I I think I'm still building one or two more lineups than I should be. You know, like when I look at my sheet here, you know, I ended up writing down these stacks that I wanted to use Lamar, Herbert, Watson, Hertz. I, I do think you know, I, one guy I respect a lot and he was on the bankroll challenge show earlier this year, Eric Bimefor at Roto Grinders. And I know he makes one team. Uh, I know Andrew Wiggins over at ETR. He makes one team that he had in the Thunderdome and the 1500 game changer. It I'm torn because I do think, you know, focusing on, you know, four different lineups is harder. And I think, I think I just find myself getting a little more loosey goosey or more like, well, this is just a third lineup. I guess I can do this here. As opposed to kind of really, uh, dare I say, planting my flag or having some conviction on building one single lineup. And then the other benefit of that, and I've heard Eric talk about this a lot, is like he knows every single late swap permutation that's available to him for his single lineup. And, and one thing I know is I definitely know based on my late guys, I'm like, yeah, I have some flexibility here. I can get off Eckler but I'm not like specifically in the weeds on every single type of swap that would be available to me because I have these other lineups and I'm just not giving it that focus. But on the other hand, having multiple lineups is fun, right? Like you do all these plays, you look at all the ownership, there's guys that you want to get in. So I'm torn on that. I do feel pretty good about where my process is at this point in the season. You know, really the the big complicating thing for me is is doing all the content. Uh, I have to get up early on Sundays. And again, I'm, I'm not asking at all for any sympathy whatsoever. I do this because I, I love doing it, but I'm just talking about having the time to do my process right. I have I normally go through all my stuff for like an hour and a half and get my lineups ready because then I have to write the newsletter, Fantasy Life newsletter, link below if you guys want to check that out. Then we do the Tilt Space show, or not Tilt Space, the uh, line movement pre-kickoff show from 11 to 12. Then I wrap up the newsletter. Then we hop on a call with Joe and Leone and I from like 12 to 12.30 and build our Tilt Space lineups. And then I have about 30 more minutes, make sure my season-long teams are fine. There's no other start-sit stuff I need to get rearranged. And then do one more last sweep at my lineups. So it's just, I am I am frazzled. I am a little you know, too overextended, I think, to be playing four lineups in in what for me are are mid mid stakes, high stakes contests. So yeah, I think it's something I want to think about. I'm really I having a hard time juggling that idea of like what's the most fun thing to do? Build lots of lineups. 
And what's the most positive EV thing to do to not be overextended? And that's kind of sums up everything I do, right? Like I, part of this stuff, we, we want to have fun. We want to be entertaining. We don't want to be dry, but we also want to be good at DFS. So I'm constantly juggling those two things. Um, and it's something I'm going to think about more. But overall, I feel good about my process this year. I feel good about the overall year I had. I think I will do a show um, maybe after like week 17, once the playoffs get going, where I'll pull up my roto tracker. And I'll show you guys exactly um, what my charts and my graphs have looked like this year. I can show you the exact points where I turned around my DFS play. And we can kind of walk through that. And because again, I know I get I got shit for my spreadsheet not accounting for everything, right? Because my biggest hit in the spy was before I was on the record playing uh, two spy entries. And I wanted to stay true to what I had put on the record, but I want to do go through and show you guys my exact chart because there are the other single entries and stuff I play. And I think that'll give us a better idea of what a realistic ROI, a realistic season looks like for, let's say, a mid-stakes single entry tournament player. Um, all right. I'm way behind on the chat because I just went on a long rant here. Let's see. Yep. I agree here. Once I pass three to five lineups, I'm just clicking buttons. Yeah. And the one thing I'll say about yesterday is I did feel pretty good about my core. You know, I played Jonathan Taylor in a lot of spots. Um, I felt, I felt dialed into what I was trying to do. Did it work? No, but I didn't necessarily feel like the total plastic bag floating in the wind. Aaron says his process is always solid up until the point where the slate gets flipped on its head. Yeah. That happened to me uh, back-to-back weeks. Last week, not getting in enough Tony Pollard. I I didn't spend enough time like fully processing that news. And I was already anchored to lineups I had already built. And then the week before that, when Rojo, when Fournette was scratched, and I had Rojo in my lineup, and I just was paralyzed. I didn't pull him out, even though I knew the play hadn't changed and the ownership had risen. So yeah, that the slate getting flipped on its head and not processing it better, definitely one of my bigger leaks late in the season. Um, you do want different lineups for different contest sizes though. Oh, for sure. That was the exact example I was talking about with these two lineups. Like this lineup with a skinny stack, trying to get access to ceilings in a bunch of different places. I felt better about this one in a 5,000 person contest where my original lineup here on this Herbert was a game stack that I felt was more applicable to this smaller field size. So I am definitely being mindful of the contest size in the lineups where I'm putting them in for sure. I think that is one of the, maybe the last And I kind of wish I would have talked about that more in that 10 tips video I put out, but I think, I mean, there are some of the best players in the world who are not catering their lineups to the contest size. I think it, it is one of the bigger edges out there right now, uh, making sure your lineup is right for the contest size. Um, I couldn't imagine sitting around on Sunday rooting for just one lineup. Yeah, I, I can kind of imagine it because it's like when I play showdown, right? And I max enter, or, you know, a, a mini max or the 20 max. And you're just, it's, it's not like a great sweat. Like you're sweating a portfolio and you kind of don't know, oh, I need this guy for this lineup, but I need this guy. I actually think sweating one lineup is like a very clean sweat, but I do understand what you're saying. If you have the Texans at minus, you know, negative four points in your one lineup and you're just like, all right, we're on to the next week. 
but I do think it's a clean sweat. I do get the appeal of that. Um, let's see here. Someone says, who cares? Um, I don't know what, what, uh, I think, well, we have 134 people watching on a Monday morning at 1030. So there are some people who care, Shane. There's some people, we're just all talking through it, brother. Happy holidays, Shane. Um, we're just trying to work through it, sharpen our process. Um, dun, 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 dun. geez, Shane, you are, you are tilting in the chat, Shane. Shane, we are, we are so far past canceling the season because of COVID, dude. Um, all right, let's see here. Friday Strat, a tax show with the DFS accountant. Not that I need it yet, but you know, for down the road when I do. Yeah, I should hit that guy up. I could definitely do. I think, um, I haven't figured out what kind of stuff I want to do for playoffs. Let me know what you guys want. Um, Friday build shows. I know we're going to have a couple good slates for wildcard weekend and divisional weekend. Um, or if you guys want showdown stuff, uh, or if you want me to do random shows with tax accountants, definitely, uh, open to suggestions, uh, for that. So let me know in the comments, uh, because I will miss some of these live comments. So when the video is done, if you guys have any suggestions for shows you would like to see throughout the playoffs, let me know. Um, Greg beans. Is this thing on? I think it's on. I hope it's on. Um, do you plan on playing about the same volume of entries during the first two weeks of the NFL playoffs? Or will you use some more of that bankroll for NBA? I, I don't think I'm going to get too deep into the NBA streets. Um, I did play a little bit on Christmas. I just made one lineup. I, I would love to be able to play NBA single entry stuff, a clean sweat, if you will, with one lineup. I'm just worried that I'm not going to be good enough at it, not going to devote the amount of time, not going to always be around with the late breaking news, not going to be around all night to late swap. Like once you've taken the the red pill, you know, and you realize how big of an advantage the late swap is for the pros and the guys who are on top of it, it makes you not want to play unless you can be on top of it as well. What I really wish is there was no late swap for NBA DFS. I would definitely play if that was the case. But to answer your question, I definitely want to do shows during the NFL playoffs. Uh, so yeah, if, if that's what you guys are, are up for, I'll continue to get guests. Maybe we can do a build show and then we can also do some lineup reviews as well. I'll definitely want to play in the spy and uh, other three max single entry contests for those really good playoff shows. Um, yes, man, I am still up for the year. I have had my best year ever. Um, definitely have lost a little bit over the past, um, four or five weeks, both on the tilt space and my own stuff, but I'm still up over 15,000 on the year. And like I said, I'll do a roto, uh, roto tracker show in a couple weeks and I'll show you my exact profits all, uh, for all my contests. And, uh, you can see exactly what it looked like for me this year. Um, is there a 100,000 crowns club? I sure hope so, man. You see this? Let's zoom in. I hit 100,000 crowns. Oh, and of course it goes away once I zoom in on it. There it is. 104,000 crowns. Just, I, I, I called my mom when I hit it. I, I was crying. It, it was, um, it was a magical moment for my family. Um, it's almost, I might actually get back into the league of legends DFS. That's where it all started. Maybe Brian and I on Lowell's, we'll get back to our roots, start talking some league of legends. 
Um, yes, I am very excited for best ball season again. Uh, I ended up, uh, I'm still live. I think in the underdog, look, this is now turning into an SL podcast. Why not? Whatever. We'll pull it up. I took the day off from work. I mean, what else are we going to do? Um, so this was the best ball championship here. Currently I am in soccer. Dave is in seventh and I am in, where am I? Oh, here I am. I'm in 11th and I still have digs going tonight. So, I mean, this payout structure is definitely super heavy up here. Uh, let me zoom in a little bit. 20,000 up top, 10,000 a second, third. I don't think, uh, I can really crack this top three or four where all the money is, but, uh, you know, finishing 11th here and I'll probably pop up three or four spots in the best ball championship. Good year. The dude in second, I believe had an, how sick is this dude? He has a Derrick Henry team and it's AJ Dillon who scores for him. Gotta love best ball. All right. I'm done talking about best ball here. Um, Pete, Play DFS hockey. You're the correlation king, which is what you need to do. You know what? I actually thought about this. I had talked to Brian about it, and he was just saying that the prize pools are so small right now, at least for him, like the the work that would go into it relative to the kind of prizes. The math didn't add up, but I'm definitely interested into looking into it. Uh, I do enjoy these correlation sports, and I want to start trying to apply some things to other sports. I'll definitely look into that. What am I doing in the off season? Um, I definitely am going to take a little bit of a break. I'm going to take some break in, in February, uh, early, mid-March. And then, uh, yeah, I think uh, definitely best ball. Um, I don't know. I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. But I definitely want to keep making videos, keep doing stuff. I've had a lot of fun doing that this year. It is true. I'm the crown collector king. Um Cobra copped in late. How did people do? Uh, I I heard of two winners. Bert here. Let me go back to the screen share. Bert won $200 in the spy and Adam won $400 in the spy. I don't believe anyone else cash, but still pretty good. Pretty good return for uh, the free roll crew. Um, I've heard you can transfer crowns to Bitcoin. That'd be nice. Um. <laughs> Pete, are you up for this year? Pete's DK balance. Um, yeah, man. I uh, Last year, it was a steady stream of depositing. The deposit king was not a bit for me last year. I should post my credit card statements of just 200 DraftKings deposit, 500 DraftKings deposit, 300 DraftKings deposit. This year, I did not have to deposit. So that was nice. Yes, send me head-to-heads, bro. Send me head-to-heads. It is cash game. Here, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a banner right now. Um, I'm putting it on the banner here. Um, there it is. There's the info. Please scoop me, bro, although I haven't posted, but you can send me invites. Revert Z top. Breaking news. Please scoop me, bros. Um, I know I am going to get arrested for talking about my best ball streams or my best ball teams, but look guys, when NFL DFS is over, the moratorium's getting lifted. 
It's going to be all we have to talk about. Shots on goal for NHL DFS. I like that. What's your off-season LGPA process? You know, Jason, I'm still working on that. You know, I find myself a little scattered at lock for LGPA, um, but I need to get it dialed in. And we will have the LGPA bankroll builder show this off-season. Yes, yes, we can. I forgot. I forgot. Thank you, Campbell. As always, if you want me to look at your team, let me know. I will pull up your team in the bankroll challenge. Let's see who took this down. Unda, Unda Kuva, Unda Kuva takes it down with a Mitch Trubisky to Allen Robinson and Cole Komet. No bring back. Couldn't even bring it back with my guy LaVisca. What are you doing, man? Then Duke Johnson, or Duke, sorry, David Johnson, Gio Bernard, Jamison Crowder, Deontay Johnson, Travis Kelsey. Not a lot of correlation here, Unda. I am going to actually request that you send the $270 back. Not enough correlation for my liking. This lineup is invalidated. We will take it to the Supreme Court. Unless your lineup is fully correlated, you are not allowed to win the Pete's Bankroll Challenge League. I I really regret to inform you. We're going to actually have to give all the money to second place who did have a more correlated team. I'm just kidding. This is uh this is a good lineup here. I mean Johnson and Bernard in the same game. That's correlated. I guess the only pieces you have one off Deontay Johnson, one off Jamison Crowder, one off Kelsey with the Chiefs D. I do think the Crowder play at 4500 uh was a sick play. I think that was a really nice play there. Uh just a good lineup. Just a good lineup. Um third place here Needed Goddard big time. Let's check out Aldo here. Um, Aldo. Deshaun Watson to Brandon Cooks. Brings it back with A.J. Green. He core. Oh, and David Johnson. So that that was the nut right there, right? It was Watson with Johnson and Cooks. Galaxy brained off of T. Higgins to A.J. Green, but I like that play. You didn't want to get too chalky here. Then you play Montgomery and Chenault. What a beautiful mini correlation that was. You play a one-off uh, Goddard and a one-off Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't mind this lineup uh, at all. I mean, when you go with, we had so much value that uh, you could afford, you know, a one-off high-priced piece like a Tyreek Hill or Calvin Ridley. So I don't mind that at all. And then you get Panthers D. That was another defense that uh, sharp people were on that I didn't land on. But of course you start a defense against Dwayne Haskins. I mean, how did, how did I not think of that? Um, yes, no, I know I Roland, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Of course, of course, of course you can do whatever you want. That doesn't mean that I won't shame you for not bringing it back. I mean, some of us have principles. Some of us will bring it back with Darius Slayton, even if Darius Slayton sucks. That's what this is all about. Check mine, bro. Eighth place, Rich Wheezy. 757. I'm still confused on how I finished eighth, not complaining, just wondering what I could have done better. Let's see what he did. Jalen Hurts. Naked. I think that's fine. Ooh, look at this. Cam Sims. Cam Sims. I thought he was a good pump play. You got him at low ownership. You bring it back with Amari. Okay. So this is kind of like when people were doing Jalen Hurts, you bring it back with DeAndre Hopkins. I like that. Double tight end. I think that's completely fine when Travis Kelsey is a a glorified 
wide receiver. So you're playing Hooper at tight end and you're flexing Travis Kelsey's semantics. T Higgins. I mean, I will say the one thing here. Uh, yeah. Uh, T Higgins correlated with Deontay Johnson Eckler. I mean, I think this is a, I think this is a solid lineup for a 200 person field. I don't, I don't really see any uh, glaring structural mistakes. I think this is fine. I think it's fine. I mean, one thing you could have done. So you had Austin Eckler here at 34% heading in. And depending on what your goals are, you know, this is a a flat payout structure. Um, But depending on how many teams were ahead of you, you probably knew Austin Eckler was going to be popular. And that would have been hard to climb further. And since it looks like, I guess you still didn't know because you still had Hertz and you still had Cooper and you had Sim. So I get it. I get it's tough. Um, if you had more information, I would say you could have maybe pivoted off Eckler. I built most of my lineups yesterday with Eckler, knowing I could pivot to Miles Sanders, to Antonio Gibson, to a Rams wide receiver if I needed to. But in this contest, you didn't have as much that you knew early on because you only had Kelsey, Hooper, Higgins, and Johnson. So yeah, I probably let it ride there too. I don't know, man. I think, I think that lineup is fine. Um, Oh, there, dude, there you, oh my God. If you catch me with any correlation in my cash game lineup, I, I will, I will retire. No, no, no. I, I mean, I am just jamming the best plays. I I'm done with correlation. Cash game. Pete is done with correlation. All right. Let's see it. You're at 113. Oh boy. I can't wait to see this stack. What do we got here? What do we got? Okay. See, this is, oh, Wow. Herbert, Eckler, Mike Williams, Guyton, Fant, and Hamler. See, I love this for this field size. Um, I think maybe a little Galbrain, not just doing Judy or Patrick, um, but the idea of just going all in on this game in a 200-person field, knowing if that game hits, you have a very good chance of finishing top 10. And then if your other kind of random pieces, Chubb and Kelsey do solid, you can win. So this is the exact kind of lineup. I don't think clay would ever run in, you know, a tournament that was bigger than 200, 300 man field, but perfectly viable in this contest. That game just flops a little bit. Drew Locke couldn't get us there. 10th place Rager and Henderson killed me. Let's see what we got here. Another hurts. To Rager, and who do you bring it back with Gallup? Yeah, man, the Gallup bring back is nice. The Rager one is tough, man. He's still, like last week, Alshon Jeffrey ran more routes and played more snaps than him. 4,600, you got Deshaun Jackson coming back. I still am a believer, hand-in-the-dirt believer on Jalen Rager's talent, but yeah, it's tough. I think that was a little pricey for him. Um, but at least you did get off a uh, Goddard who didn't get there. Uh, I don't mind that play at that ownership. Um, it's just, it's a little bit tough of a price tag to swallow And Henderson. I thought he was a good play too. I think he was lower owned in, uh, in a lot of the bigger stuff, but of course the bankroll challenge a little on the sharper side, 15.5%. Um, they just got in a negative game script. I mean, I played some of those minis like Henderson and Metcalf, and you need the game script to go the other way. You need it to go like the Montgomery-LaVisca game script where Henderson and the Rams are leading and then the Seahawks are cooking in comeback mode. You don't get that game script, it fails. It's all good. It's all good.
Um, let's see here. Um, wow. We can look at Mike's team came in 191st. If you're not first, you're last. Mike Herbert, Guyton Parham, bring it back with Tim Patrick, Gibson, Hunt, Metcalf. There's the Metcalf one-off. Yep, this looked uh, similar to my teams. Wow, got in Metcalf and Hill. Nice. Um, saved all that money with Parham, Guyton, Patrick. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a team that has a ton of a ton of upside at that ownership if those pieces hit. Uh, where do you cash your correlation bucks? Yeah, you just head to the counter. Um, you give them your social security number, uh, all your uh, printout of all your correlated lineups, and uh, and they will give you uh, your prize. Um, let's see here, guys. Man, I completely over at, overlooked Gallup in this situation. That one's tough. I think I thought all the Cowboys wide receivers look like pretty solid plays. And then in general, I think just playing the cheapest one makes a lot of sense. It was kind of the same thing that happened to me with Slayton and Shepard. You know, I, and sometimes it's it's one and sometimes it's the other. I don't think there's anything that would allow us to know that, oh, it's going to be, you know, Gallup that has the monstrous game versus Amari Cooper, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I think as long as you're being price and ownership sensitive, you're probably making a good decision uh, on those kind of coin flip situations among skill position players on the same team. Um, man, I, I completely, I forgot to run my, my update. My model, I didn't get the push through the with the DJX news. Man, what a baller. Thank you, R. Einstein. I cashed in your heart. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right, Eric. We will look at Eric's and then we will wrap this up. 163rd. Let's see Eric's correlation. Eric, I swear to God, if I pull this up and this lineup isn't the most beautifully correlated thing I've ever seen in my life. Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Miko Hardman. Travis Kelsey, look at that correlation. Ooh, Naheem Hines, Eric Belair with a little gal brain in him. I love it. J.K. Dobbins, Mike Williams. You know what, Eric? I love the main block correlation. I would love to see a little secondary correlation here. I would love to see it. I'll let you keep your correlation card, though. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Go over who is still playing for playoff seating next week. What do you think I am? I have no idea. I legit, I have no idea. You guys think I'm, what is it, uh, Steve Kornacki or whatever with the big board over here? And so we have here, if the Eagles are able to win and then the Cowboys are able to tie, then there are scenarios where all three teams would make it into the playoffs. Ryan, what do you make me for? <sighs> yeah, exactly. No secondary correlation here. Um, all right, guys, we are going to wrap this up. I appreciate you guys coming and hanging on a Monday morning. Uh, as I said, I will still be figuring out my, my schedule, uh, for the playoffs, but it's cash game week, guys. Please scoop me, bros. Please send me heads to heads, heads to heads, revert Z top on DK. I will accept your head to head challenges this week. Um, I am going to put out a video about cash game week, but things to look forward to cash games. When we talk about it on the swole cast this week, you do need to play it in cash because I'll be playing it in cash. going to do a show with Cardi. I'm going to challenge Adam Levitan, hopefully do a show with him. 
Okay, I'm going to go on the Gill cast. Week 17 is cash game week, and I am going to dominate it. I'm going to grind out a 53% ROI, and I'm going to feel great about it. Uh, if you guys haven't subscribed to the channel, um, you probably won't anymore, right? Because I'm not giving out free shit anymore. You're right. How, how can I ask someone to subscribe to the channel if I'm not giving away something? So yeah, don't. I guess you don't have to subscribe. Uh, you can subscribe to Roto Grinders channel though. Please subscribe to Roto Grinders channel. Please join us in the Discord. I have the link below. Deposit Kingdom Discord. Lots of good stuff going on in there. Um, and yeah, we will be back. Uh, actually tonight, I think we're gonna do a showdown cram on Holka's channel. So if you guys want to join us at 7:30 p.m. Eastern to talk some showdown plays. Um, I had like 30% exposure to Jeff Swaim last night. So yeah, I always know the nuts uh, and we'll be talking about it uh, on Joe's channel. And uh, I believe that is it guys. Appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Peace. (laughs) 